Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sunup. The Daily Sunup podcast is a conversation with the Colorado Sun. See our trust indicators at coloradosun.com slash ethics. It's Friday, January 19th. Today, we hear from Colorado Sun events and marketing specialists about a recent event. Before we begin, join the Colorado Sun on January 24th as environmental reporter Michael Booth speaks with experts about the growing revolution of electric vehicles, the mandates and subsidies, the death of big highway building, and more. Join for free by signing up at coloradosun.com events. Now let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In the early 20th century, southwestern Colorado's timber industry thrived, led by the McPhee and McGinnity Mill in the San Juan National Forest. Founded in 1924, the mill grew rapidly, becoming a vital part of the local economy. The mill's workforce, primarily Hispanos from New Mexico, faced humbler living conditions compared to their northwestern European counterparts who had more comfortable homes. Despite struggles during the Great Depression, the mill remained the state's largest employer. However, by the 1940s, many workers left for war or better opportunities. A devastating fire in January 1948 destroyed the mill, finishing off the mill and its communities. Years later, the McPhee Reservoir's construction submerged the site, erasing the physical legacy of what was once Colorado's largest lumber operation. Before we continue, a special thank you to all of our Colorado Sun members listening. It's thanks to you that The Sun continues to bring trustworthy, independent journalism to readers and listeners across our state. If you're not yet a member and want to join us, visit coloradosun.com join to sign up. While you're there, check out our member e-newsletters like Colorado Sunday, The Temperature, and more. Together, we'll keep Colorado informed in 2024. Next, our feature story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Setup Podcast, and happy Friday. My name is Christina Pritchett, and I'm the Marketing and Events Specialist for the Colorado Sun. This episode's going to be a little bit different than what I've sh- shared with you all in the past, but I'm really excited to be here. Today, I'm going to play you a couple of clips from the Colorado Sun's latest event, High Cost of Colorado. Now, I know you have heard of this series before, because the Suns team has been working on this series covering the rising cost of everything from a cheeseburger to ticket prices to being a pet owner, even buying a Christmas tree and everything in between. We brought one of those topics to our virtual stage where our reporters Michael Booth and Jennifer Brown spoke with panelists about the high cost of housing, affordable units, rent control, evictions, and so many more topics. So I'm going to play you a couple clips um, where they talk about these specific topics. And the first one is all about predatory practices with leases and landlords. So Jennifer Brown asked one of our speakers about examples of predatory practices. And our panelist, Cecilia Guadarrama, the executive state director of 9to5 Colorado, has said her organization has seen a number of these cases. Let's take a listen and see what she says specifically about this. Um, For us, I will say that we see predatory practices all across the board, especially from big corporate landlords and corporate management companies, which I probably should not name by name in this in this space. Uh, But we know that we see a lot of their leases look exactly the same and that every time we pass a tenant protection, they try to find loopholes. And that's why in the past, We've worked on limiting things like late fees, for example. We were hearing stories from our members where their late fees were adding up to more than what they paid in a monthly rent. 
And that was keeping them in a cycle where even though they had the money to pay and catch up with their rent, they would not have the money to pay the late fees. And so they constantly found themselves in an eviction cycle because they just could not catch up. Last year, we also worked on legislation to define what kind of fees people are being charged and to make sure that there was transparency in your lease about what you're paying for. Because as we know, oftentimes someone might go and sign their lease and think that their monthly rent is going to be $1,200. And then all of a sudden a month comes by and they get you know a little supply of a bunch of list of other fees like trash ballet or other things that they were not accounting for. And now they're all of a sudden their housing cost is $1,500, which was something they were not budgeting for that they can't afford. For us, we want to make sure that there is transparency about what tenants are paying for and that these fees are not egregious, right? That if you are actually charging a tenant, it is to actually pay for the cost and not to pay these egregious fees that you might not even be able to explain. You know, when we would see fees of $100 on day one, if you didn't pay at 5 p.m. on the dot, that to us was egregious because they couldn't even explain what is that $100 even covered. It's, you know, a late fee is supposed to make you whole as a landlord. Um, and they couldn't explain to us how that was contributing to making them whole or to being transparent. And, you know, we hope and envision a world where where all of our families can live and can thrive and that we don't have to fight fee by fee but that we can think about housing as a human right, that we can think about housing as something that everybody deserves. And we think it's important to have practices and that's why enforcement and legislation is very import- important to make sure that, you know, yes, through private right of action so that partners like CEDP can actually have a tool to use to protect tenants. Um, we also really applaud the AG and the fact that they've been making progress and have been making housing a priority as also a consumer protection, right? Anywhere else that you go, you buy and you buy a a water bottle at the gas station or you buy a car, you get a receipt. You know what you're paying for. And there's laws that protect you as a consumer. Why is housing any different? Why am I paying thousands of dollars of rent, yet I have to live in unhabitable conditions, yet there is no code enforcement, yet there is no accountability when something goes wrong Even though I'm having to make that hard choice, I paid my rent instead of buying medicine or buying groceries or limiting the school supplies for my children. Um, And we hope that this continues to be something in Colorado that, you know, landlords are clear that they can't just violate laws and that there will not be any accountability for them. The second clip I want to play for you all is where our panelist, Zach Newman, co-founder of the Community Economic Defense Project, spoke about specific eviction numbers that we've seen here in the state of Colorado. Um, I think it's important to start by describing what an eviction is. Uh, An eviction is the legal process of trying to reclaim a unit from a tenant when that tenant either has violated the rules of the property, their lease has expired, or they've been unable to pay. Most of the evictions we see in Colorado are because people aren't able to pay their rent. Um, we've seen the numbers for evictions go up dramatically over the past five years. In 2020, when there were protections in place from the federal government, we had something like 19,000, 20,000 eviction filings. Um, the following year, 2021, there were 27,000 eviction filings. The year after that, 46,000. And in the year we just completed, 2023, uh, 52,000 plus eviction filings. So we've seen 
a dramatic increase in the number of eviction filings in the state. I think we're talking about evictions. It's also important to point out that evictions are a trailing indicator of displacement rather than a leading indicator of displacement. And what I mean by that is that for each eviction filing that takes place in Colorado, the data in the research suggests that there are two other families that throw up their hands and just move out. They say, I'm not going to win in court. If I have to battle my landlord in front of a judge, I'm going to lose. I don't want an eviction on my record, so I'm just going to move out. So for each of those 52,000 households that had an eviction filing, there are probably another two, another 100,000 that just moved out. So this is a displacement crisis unlike anything we've ever seen, and it affects people across our state. This was one of my favorite events that we've done so far at the Colorado Sun, and we've done a lot of really great events. But I really encourage you to go and read the entire series, High Cost Colorado, and watch the entire event. You can do that in a couple of different ways. The first is by visiting our YouTube channel, so youtube.com slash the Colorado Sun. You can also visit coloradosun.com and read the entire High Cost series that we have and watch this event there. We'll make sure that these URLs are in our show notes so you don't have to jot them down really quickly. We have such a great lineup of events in 2024, and we don't want you to miss out on them. So head over to our events page, coloradosun.com slash events, to sign up for the newsletter and RSVP to a few events while you're there. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful weekend. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. High school students in rural El Paso County are learning to take 911 calls as part of a new course aimed at preparing them for careers in law enforcement. About a dozen teens are enrolled in an emergency telecommunications course in Calhan, and students in two neighboring districts are eligible to sign up to learn virtually. The program comes at a time El Paso County is struggling to hire more dispatchers. It is among the latest efforts by rural school districts to tap into a pipeline of young people who can step into emergency response roles and help their communities deliver life-saving help. About two dozen property owners in remote northwestern Fremont County are fighting an Australian company that wants to explore known uranium deposits beneath their land. The plan comes at a time of increasing global interest in the mineral, as the U.S. and other countries work to shift from fossil fuels to cleaner energy technologies. Whether all of the heightened interest translates into more uranium exploration and mining in Colorado remains to be seen. But the Australian company's moves on the South T-Bar Ranch properties in Fremont County have nearby residents on edge. A three-day storm that disrupted daily life in Colorado also brought a much-needed boost to the state's water supply. The storm dropped about a foot of snow across much of the western slope, including up to 30 inches in Route County, where snowmelt flows into the Yampa River and onto the Colorado River. The National Weather Service says the snowfall moved much of the state closer to average conditions after a below-average start to the year. Across the state, the storm dropped 1 to 2 inches of snow water equivalent, the amount of liquid water that remains after snow melts. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now a quick message from our team. This is Michael Booth. And this is John Ingold. We cover health and climate here at the Colorado Sun. Every week, John and I work together to send out a newsletter to our premium members called The Temperature. In this newsletter, we share our latest reporting about health and climate and how they intersect issues like forever chemicals, healthcare's rising costs, and the lingering effects of the pandemic. The Temperature is one of our weekly newsletters available to members at the premium level. 
To sign up, head to coloradosun.com slash join. Not only will you be able to sign up for The Temperature and our other premium newsletters, but you'll be supporting the Colorado Sun as a member, and thanks for doing that.